1: Hello, hi, and welcome to another episode of The Emma Gunn Show. I am your host, Emma Gunnar Wardner, and joining me in this episode, I'm very pleased to say that it is Rochelle Humes. Now, Rochelle is actually someone I've been wanting to speak to on this podcast for a while, not least because her career trajectory from child star to national TV treasure via one of the UK's best selling girl groups is something that doesn't happen by accident and I of course wanted to unpick how she has navigated such an impressive working life. As is always the case I am 100% transparent with you my most excellent listeners. So although this is not a sponsored episode, no money has changed hands and I'm not receiving any kind of kickback or benefit, financial or otherwise, from doing this show, I was able to get time with Rochelle through her ambassadorship with the hair care brand John Frieda, for whom she is the Dream Curls ambassador. So this time in Rochelle's schedule, which is very busy considering on the day when I uh, chatted with her, she was fresh from live TV when we recorded, was facilitated by the brand and we do touch on her role within the brand in this episode but in a much wider, bigger conversation. And here's what I find so very interesting about Rochelle. She found fame first time around in S Club Juniors, a lovely pop, uh, I don't know what seven of them is, a lovely pop band, although she was no stranger to TV and performing arts before then. From there, she reappeared on the pop scene in the Saturdays, a five-piece all-girl band who stormed the charts with pop anthems from 2007 to 2014. The band went on hiatus, and so Rochelle's TV career really started to take off. She and husband Marvin from the band JLS were stand-in hosts for popular daytime magazine show in the UK this morning. Then came a Christmas special for Strictly Come Dancing, the UK's equivalent to Dancing with the Stars, Children in Need, Ninja Warrior UK, The Hit List, and more and more. But all the while, Rochelle has also made wise collaborations, whether that's producing her own fashion line with on- online fashion boutique, very.co.uk, and writing her first book, The Magic Mega Magic Hair Swap, a children's book with a message of self-acceptance and self-love at its heart, that when combined, made me think Rochelle also has quite the entrepreneurial spirit. And if you've been listening to this show for a while, long-time listeners will know that really is the thing that gets me interested in having someone on the show to have a conversation. So in this chat, Rochelle, now 30, and I talk about listening to your gut, learning how to say no, how priorities have changed when she had children, she has two daughters, age six and two, and why a positive outlook is always the best place to start. I really, really enjoy chatting to Rochelle, and I hope you enjoy listening to what is hopefully her debut, not her last appearance, on The Emma Gunn Show. Well, isn't this lovely? This is very nice, isn't it? Well, Cheryl Humes, I'm so glad that you're on the show. Oh, no, thanks for having me. Pleased because, to be here. Good. That's, that's pleasing to hear. <laughs> you are... Um, I've uh, met you before, like, many, many movies ago <laughs> when I worked on magazines. But I have always thought of you as somebody who is... And I was saying to the uh, girls earlier who are in the room, I've already referenced them... <laughs> You are a real go-getter but you're a very very positive person.
0: Yeah, I think I'm definitely glass half full always. Mm-hmm. Um annoyingly so, I think sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um but that's just always been my outlook. I'm definitely a go-getter. I just believe there's like especially now in 2019 I just believe there's no ceiling and I just think mm. that you know there's you're not you're not limited you're not you shouldn't be pigeonholed now and i think it's happening less and less you can just go after what you want Mm. and you know i'm all for that i'm all for a hustler you know that's kind of
1: yeah that's my attitude i love the hustle so going back you've been working from a very very young age Mm. how do you know how did you know what you want
0: i mean it's it's funny isn't it you say working like some things i really i guess technically i am working um (laughs) But particularly when I was young, I didn't really didn't see it as work. Mm. I was just kind of living out every little girl's dream. So yeah, it really didn't feel like a job at all. And it, and I I definitely know that because then when I sort of relived the same sort of industry as an adult, mm. um, we were very sheltered and very well looked after, and we were given a lunch break at this time. It had to be this many hours, and you know we literally had a ball. <laughs> and yeah, being in the same field as an adult is very different. <laughs> Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, like, oh, okay, oh, well, all right, we don't get to sit down for a lunch break for this long, and you know, yes, yeah, so I definitely learned that we were very well looked after. Um, but yeah, it's crazy, I've been in the industry for a very long time. Mm. Um, I got in a school juniors when I was 12, and before that, I was doing West End musicals. Before that, so I think, yeah, just quite sometimes oh.
1: it's about 10 years old. Do you, did you always know that you? did you always know you might hear some clanking in the background listeners there's something going on but we're gonna crack on um did you always know that you wanted to take it beyond just like doing theater or music at school
0: yeah always I always knew I had like a hunger for it and I I was never sort of comfortable in just being like oh okay you know because I, I there was a lot of friends that from my actual school that we went to the same sort of performing arts sort of club at the weekend. And I could tell when they'd start to sort of grow out of it and Mm. they were more interested in just hanging out with friends or, you know, rather sort of stopping it being a hobby at school. Mm. Um, But I was never over it. And I kind of knew that because my friends along the way had sort of like everyone was dropping like flies and I was Mm -hmm. like still desperate to be
1: involved. So I kind of knew I was never going to tire of it that's really interesting because i think at that age it would be very easy to kind of go along with the crowd and go well yeah. everyone's doing that so i'll do that too but you've it's obviously funny. got a very strong
0: yeah i used to i yeah i've always been a strong world in that and i think i, I used to make my mum pretend i was grounded so that i <laughs> couldn't meet my friends because i wanted to you know do extra hours at at my you know at my performing arts club so mm-hmm. I, you know i kind of which is funny, I'd be like, oh, I've got a birthday party on that day, but I don't really want to go. Mum, can you say that I'm grounded? <laughs> you know, so me, my mum was like, you're always grounded. People are going to wonder what's wrong with you. Um, <laughs> what were your crimes? Did you ever say what you were grounded for? No, I was just like, oh, me and my mum had an argument and she's not letting me go out. <laughs> because in the end, it started to become embarrassing because I was just putting that before anything else. Mm. Um, which is, you shouldn't be embarrassed about that was my choice, but it just... When you're young, mm. it's just
1: less awkward, isn't it? To have those sort of conversations, I suppose. Mm. When you, you so you get into it, you're in a pop band mm. from the age of 12. And yet there's all, maybe when you're slightly older, there's lots of other opportunities that are available to you. And what I think always impressed me about you is that you were seeing them. You weren't just tunnel vision. Yeah. Are you, are you very much somebody who gets into a situation that some might see as like an, a goal destination?
0: Yeah, I think also, I think you can also have more than one passion. I don't feel like, you know, that when I used to go to perform an art school, you would sort of study dance, acting, singing, you know, media, like it it wasn't just, you know, you have to be a singer and then mm. that's all you can do for the rest. And I think sometimes this industry, I think we're growing out of it now, but I definitely think, yeah, I think sometimes you can pigeonhole you, and then you're sort of not allowed to then move on to a different, you know, move into mm. something else. I think that's quite silly, really, because I think that's just not when you're in the industry. It's so broad and it's so varied. It's just mm. amazing to enjoy all of that. And I think my passion has always been performing, be it on television, be it on you know, on stage. But telly has always been a big passion of mine as well as singing. So I think. I always knew I wanted to explore both avenues. Mm. And before the Saturdays, I went on to do kids' telly. So I used to host kids' television for CBBC every weekend. Is that Smile? Smile, yeah. Fern Cotton done it, Reggie Yates, myself. And then um, a guy called Barney Harwood, who is still very much a big player in the kids' world. Um, Yeah, so I think I kind of... That was always my passion. So I always knew I wanted to go back to telly at one point because I just love the buzz. Mm. I love live television. I love just being in the moment, I kind of love the danger of anything could go wrong. I kind of just, it's it's weird. It's like a really good adrenaline rush. So I knew I wanted to go back to that. For me, it was just a case of when. And Mm. then when we sort of called time on the Saturdays, there was no like even desire for me to record a solo album or a solo record. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do it. And Mm. I think everyone was like, oh, so you're going to put music out? And I'm like, no, I want to go into telly. Were there offers? I would imagine at that point. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think not, um, I just it just didn't. I think maybe I'd done that for so long, and it just mm. I just didn't want to do that anymore. I sort of parked it there with the girls, and that was that. And I wanted to do something that was really me. Mm.
1: And Telly's always been that, so yeah. Did it keep also? I guess maybe it kept the Saturdays in your mind a little bit sacred. I suppose so.
0: Yeah, maybe. I just think I was kind of happy with the success that we'd had mm. and what all that we'd achieved. And the thought of doing it on my own when I wasn't really at that point, I was kind of, you know, we'd put poles on that and I was kind of happy that we had. Mm. We all were, hence why we did it. Um, so, yeah, I wasn't longing to go back and do that same thing and do the sort of same circuit by myself. Mm. I was just really excited about sort of a fresh endeavour and something new. Yeah.
1: It's a, it, it speaks of paying attention, and actually trusting yourself. So I'm curious and I ask a lot of my guests this, but is there somebody who instilled that sense of self in you, like a role model or a mentor who taught you to trust
0: what you think? I mean, I suppose my mum in the sense of like, you know, she she raised us on her own and she was very she's always very much been like, you know, you only live once, you go out there and get what you want and she's always been like that. And she's also been the kind of, you know, she's never which I really admire actually that she's my mum's single now and she's dating, which kind of freaks me out because she tells me everything. Um, <laughs> but she's never been like when we were younger, you know, she could have stayed with my dad, you know, she wouldn't have been happy, but she could have done for the sake of us. Mm. But she kind of taught me what respect was at a really young age because she was like, I'm not happy in this situation. She was very open and very frank about it. And she's always been that way. If She doesn't feel right in a situation, you know, Life's too short to be stuck in a situation Mm. that you don't want to be in. And she was very much like, you know, I'm still going to be a good mum and raise my kids. But I don't define being a good mum staying with, you know, the other parent if it Mm -hmm. doesn't make you happy. Because I think that reflects on your children. So I was always kind of brought up that way. So I think maybe that in a sense of like knowing what's right for you. Mm. She always knew what was right for her.
1: And also, I guess, not doing what other people
0: would expect you to do or like what you
1: should do exactly exactly that do you have a this is a funny word should i've come to see it as a really toxic word Mm.
0: yeah i suppose it is really and i think everyone is so obviously everyone's individual and every story is different and i'm really just not down for sort of going with you know going with what you like you say what you should Mm. be doing because really what should anyone be doing Mm. And that's the beauty of where we are in the world now. Like there's, the, there's so much change and you can be who you want. Mm. You can be gender neutral and be at school. Like that's okay now. That happens. Mm. So I think it's, it's only a positive.
1: It is only a positive. Yeah. You have what I would describe as quite an entre- entrepreneurial spirit. Because when you go through what you do, fashion, beauty you have a beauty range like yeah I know
0: it's crazy isn't it I you think,
1: seem to do everything that um you seem to do the things that a lot of people talk about that's always been me like I sort of I don't just talk about
0: it like I want to do it like mm. I'm not one of those people that like I oh, wish I would have done that a couple of years ago when I was talking about it for so long mm. because now someone else might have done it or you know I'm always sort of on the okay that's 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 just always my buzz that's my drive mm. like I'm have my fingers in lots of different pies but I just find it that's sort of what sort of gets me going I love Mm. that um I love the creativity behind it and I just think yeah I just like I said I just think you have more than one passion and Mm. it's okay to kind of be passionate about lots of different things
1: is it learning as well do you like do you like constantly testing yourself and learning new things yeah
0: always and I think life is that and I think you just have to I think you it's just important to keep your brain active when you're comfortable in one thing and you know exactly what you're doing and you know exactly I think it's just always good to just be kept on your toes
1: Mm. what's the thing that's kept you on your toes the most do you think
0: oh it's a very good question I think life (laughs)
1: generally
0: (laughs) keeps me on my toes I think I've got two kids which I'm constantly like learning as a parent just daily. It's just, you know, a daily lesson. So I, so I, yeah, I would say having two children and just being aware of the different ages and, you know, they live two completely different lives. Obviously I've got a two year old and a six year old mm. and just, you know, they're both so different. So everything I thought I learned about being a mum the first time around. <laughs> I know nothing with my other child because they're just so different. So it's like parenting all over again.
1: Um, but I love that. Mm. I absolutely adore that. It's unpredictable as well. So yeah, with the amount that you do, uh-huh. um, I imagine that there must be quite a bit of planning in place.
0: Yeah, I mean, I have a really good crew of people around me <laughs> that
1: kind of—you
0: know—it's not just me at all. And a lot of the time, they're chasing me for. A, you know can you do this day or can i like yeah, yeah yeah sorry I just didn't articulate that yet because I was you know at sports day and something else was going on then I forgot then it was bath time and then I was back at work the next day so I think there's a lot of like I'm quite an organized person generally mm. in life um but yeah I, I can't take credit for that logistically my diary is a nightmare mm. but I just go okay this is what I want to prioritize for the next six months mm. so this comes to the forefront obviously my kids and my husband are way above any of that. So if anything happens at any point or if, you know, like a few weeks ago, sports day got rained off on the day it was supposed to be and I'd kept it off work and then moved it again to a couple of days ago. And I'm like, well, we're going to have to rejig that whole day because I'm not missing it. Mm -hmm. My kids are my number one and that is the way it will always be. Um, But yeah, apart from that, logistically it is a nightmare. And I know that I just kind of... Just I look every Sunday. Me and my husband, we sit down and we go. This is the the next week. And I think that's the only way to do it. Like we yeah. know, obviously, roughly what's going on. Um, in our diaries, but we just that's the way we mentally process it. Right, mm-hmm. we go so on a Sunday, so we go. Well, you're here, I'm here. Okay, so you're working on this day, I'm not. Brilliant. Okay, we'll swap. And you know, mm-hmm. if there's anything
1: that can be swapped and it needs swapping, we'll always do that. And then I guess it's the rolling with the punches when something does totally. come up, and. Um, it seems like your reflex, instead of going, Oh is to go, all right, we'll just run with it.
0: Yeah, I oh, totally. I'm just like, Do you know what? We're very lucky. This is a first world problem that we're having. <laughs> you know, it's fine, we can make this work. I mean, listen, inside, a lot of the time I'm like, oh. <laughs> you know, you're terrified of terrified. and I, at the end of the day I'm like, we'll message my husband, I'm like, Can you believe we pulled this day off? <laughs> I'm not sure how it happened, but we did it. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like my little like yes, and I think you know anything's possible. It's just what you want to make happen. And yeah. I think that's it. And I think people are like, oh, how do you have time to see each other? I'm like because that's our priority. Like if you want to see someone, you'll see them, and then everything mm. else will fall behind. But it's just about prioritising. Mm. And I've realised that more than ever, especially now, like sort of hitting thirty, was a bit of a defining moment. And I'm not scared to say no to anything like if I don't want to do it I'm like no Mm. it's not for me like lovely thank you so much and I don't I don't see no as a negative where I used to feel like if I used to say no not just work wise generally in life um that people would think badly of me or Mm. oh I don't want to do that oh god I'm so embarrassed I don't want to it's actually fine Mm. if anyone ever said to me oh no I can't quite do that or no that's not really for me I would never take it personally Mm -hmm. so it's just knowing that the way that I take it is probably the
1: way everyone else is going to mm-hmm. take it too. If I say it, it's okay to say, I've just pushed myself a bit much that week. I'm going to have a quiet mm-hmm. one. It can be particularly in your twenties. I don't know about you, but it felt like say yes to everything. Say yes to every opportunity because you never know.
0: Cause you're kind of taught that, aren't you? You sort of go, you know, take it with, you know, your arms wide open mm-hmm. and just see exactly, you know, why not? You're here to live. And now in the twenties is a time where you should mm-hmm. be grabbing things with both hands and, mm-hmm enjoying yourself, so I think that's programmed into everyone mm. that one day you're going to be old and you're not going to get those opportunities so enjoy it but yeah I think now I'm just okay with myself and I think a lot of that has to do with being a parent and mm. being in control of that and saying oh no it's not for me and also not being swayed by people oh no but I really mm. think you should do this because of x y and z knowing that actually yeah no I, I hear what you're saying i take it on board but it's still not for me mm-hmm. and being okay with that
1: I think that's that's been a theme that's come up on this show quite a lot is trusting your inner voice so that when somebody does say, I do think you should have a look at it. Like yeah. I was house hunting recently, yeah. for example. And I said to the estate agent, I really don't want to go and see that. It's not in an area I want to look at, blah, blah, blah. And they sent me this long email. I really think you need to see it because you just don't mm. know. And I went and it was exactly as I expected. Yeah. And I was like, why didn't I trust why myself? Why didn't you trust yourself? I know, it's silly because sometimes you
0: do want to have that sort of maybe I am wrong you know maybe I should maybe you know so I'll always hear it out but if I've heard it out and I'm still sort of you know
1: yourself in my gut Mm. thinking I still don't really want to do it I won't do you do you believe in listening to your gut definitely has that always been where your ultimate decision making has been formulated yeah I think so I think you just always you know what's
0: right for you essentially and I think you can think that you don't because Mm. of you know, other influences and other people and other voices around you. But you do it when it comes to raising your kids, when it comes to work, when it comes to relationships, when it you know, whatever it might be. You know what you want to do at the Mm. end of the day and you know what you should be doing. It's just whether you listen to yourself or not. I think it just depends what character you are, whether you can be talked around and, you know, which I have been at some (laughs) points in my life, but I've just grown out of that, which I'm really happy about.
1: Since you have learn to say no Mm. have you ever ever said no and seen something that you might previously have said yes to and thought oh I'm so glad I didn't I'm so glad that has validated a lot of the time I think
0: yeah like oh I can't I was thinking of an example in my head but yeah a lot of the time you know when you you hear sort of things and you like you you take other people's opinions on board and you're like oh maybe they're right and then you have that sort of day or two you're like oh I've said no now that's it, and then you might have seen. For, um, now I'm talking with the work head on, but then I might have seen someone else mm. front whatever it is that they were saying that I should do. And I'm mm. like, Oh god, thank god, I didn't do that. That's so not me. <laughs> but it's not, you know. So that's where you know, just to trust yourself.
1: Have you ever? Um, I'm assuming that you're on social media a lot. I'm on social yeah, media I a think lot. The whole world is on social media. <laughs> I mean, it? Instagram. It's that's a how drug. I
0: know my friends' birthdays now, which is terrible. I'm like, Oh, happy birthday! Someone else posts going, Happy birthday! I'm like, Oh yeah, good. Quickly text them happy birthday
1: babe <laughs> I was saying the same thing this weekend about I would not know people's birthdays no. anymore
0: I don't I think it's just like so old school isn't it sending a card and knowing I mean, exactly when it's someone's birthday yeah unfortunately not <laughs> I have to wait to see and if they're not on Instagram then
1: I probably won't have wished you a happy birthday nothing in it <laughs> just I didn't see it <laughs> but one thing that, it, that social media can do is it can throw up comparison mm. and do you think social media is a, a positive place, or do you sometimes get caught in that comparison trap?
0: I think, for example, today I just come from hosting this morning with Philip. We hosted it today, and um, there was a lady that was on that we interviewed that was lovely. She um, she has cancer, and she got told twelve years ago that she only that she wouldn't make her forty. If she's now not, so I think she's fifty two. So she's kind of like outlived what they said she was going to live. She went into remission for a few years. She is now like having palliative care. So she's terminal and she knows that. And kind of every day we're treating her special. Um, she was so, so lovely. And she basically left a comment on this morning's Facebook page, I think. And I think this morning posted a post about the royal family and whether they should post pictures of the christening or something.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And she then posted underneath saying, You know, I absolutely love the royals, but this is my, you know, and just was just chatting away. You know, I feel like we, I've had cancer for this many years. Obviously, then can't work, etc., etc., which means that, I mean, bless her, she had a terrible story. She ended up losing her son last year, and she hasn't been able to afford the, um, the headstone of the grave because, and she was basically saying, I've been in this situation, and I've paid tax for my whole life. I've been to university. I've studied. I was a teacher, and. At the minute, you know, they won't show pictures of their family as much as I love the, love the royals. And we're also paying for their house to be renovated mm. when I can't afford my house anymore. And I, can't, I couldn't afford that for my son. And it was just a really like, and it wasn't a sort of angry message. It was mm. just a message to say, you know, like, I just can't believe that we're in a world where two people can live such different lives. Mm. And I did pay to the system and now I'm not reaping anything. And she, got, she basically went viral because of this message and it, it would like just sort of got picked up. Anyway, we interviewed her today on the show and then because of that message that, she, that someone had tagged this morning in that she'd put, we then got in touch with her and then today she, her other daughter and grandchildren live in Texas and this morning did so well, they arranged for them to surprise her live in the <gasps> studio. But you know, so what what my point is out of something for her which is really grim, mm. social media if used in the right way, you can connect people and you can and today then live on this morning we raised way more. She had a just giving page for this, and she was way over double what she'd asked for for the gravestone by the end of her being there. And you know, so if it's used in a positive way, mm. it can really be it's an amazing tool. It's an amazing tool for businesses that are starting mm. out and but then I think like anything in life when it's in the hands of the wrong person or not even the wrong person, we we've all got the ability to be nice.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but used in such a negative way, then it's obviously not a good thing. It's not a good thing when, when I, when I think that kids or, you know, teens are seeing it and thinking that there should be like a girl that has doctored the hell out of her picture. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's really swings and roundabouts for me. Mm. But I, yeah, I think that with anything in life, like you can make great things happen if you want to, but there'll
1: always be those negative people. And I think it just sums up the world mm. in general. I've had, um you're reminding me a little bit of what Jen Sincero, the author, said mm. when she came on the show when she's like, this is a choice. You have totally. a choice to get up and be positive. Yeah, totally
0: that. And I think, you know, you're, what's crazy is anyone can sit behind a phone or a keyboard and type what they want mm. but really would they have you know if you can say it to my face then I welcome that mm-hmm. but if you can't and you would literally shout it from across the street and run away then that just shows the sort of person that you are you know mm. um but listen social media i have so lucky and have a really lovely following and a nice sort of group of people on mine and I think it's what you make it I mm. think you follow who you want to follow follow people that are going to make you feel positive and not negative and mm-hmm. so you do have a choice in all of that
1: yeah it's true Mm. i want to come back to what you said about six months and goals and priorities yeah sorry i'm i'm putting the word goals in there Mm -hmm. i'm wondering if you do set goals if you sit down and say whether it's on december the 31st or at any point you say do you know what i feel like i feel like i'm building up some momentum with work so for the next six months i'm going to see if we can make x y and z happen do you do it like Um, that yes and no like I don't ever
0: really have, I suppose everybody has goals as such, but I don't like really like sort of write down a formula as Mm. such and go, this is the bucket list. This Mm. is what I want to happen. But I do kind of go, okay, this is my passion. I'd like to focus on this this year or whatever that might be. Mm. Um, but then sometimes it is a case of just riding a wave. And if you're having a good period, mm. you know, this that I wanted to do might work now or, mm. and just sort of judging it. But I think that's just life. I think, but yeah, every sort of, every New Year's day, we normally go away for New Year's. It's the only time that we can sort of guarantee that we're going to get a holiday together as a family. As in like mine and marvellous industry goes really quiet. And mm. the summer, if we get a kid's holiday, is very like last minute. Yeah. Um, and New Year's Day, I always sit down and I watch The Secret. Obviously, I've read it loads of times, but I watch I the, um, evidence, the visual yeah. one. And I just give myself a little boost of like going into the New Year. And
1: yeah, I do that every New Year's Day. What do you get out of The Secret? It might be really personal, but um, what, what for you adds such value that it means that you revisit it time and time again?
0: I just think if you put anything out there to the universe, it will come back to you. In the sense of like, I think negative breeds negative energy, just breeds for more and more negative energy, um, which is obviously not anything like health related. Obviously, that's just you've sadly got no control over mm-hmm. our health to some degree, you know. Um, but yeah, I think I think the company you keep, as well, I think, has got such a big thing to do with that. Yeah, I think. I'm I'm not sure really what I take from it but I always sort of feel really like re-energised by watching it and I just think if you just visualise what you want you will get that if you just Mm. keep sort of on at that and sort of working away to it I think because you've only then got Mm. one sort of direction
1: that you can go and that's to get what you're after Is it because um, and this is for anyone who maybe doesn't know the secret or has heard about it and isn't quite sure how to apply Mm. it But it's different from wishing, isn't it? It's almost like you put a structure behind your wishes. Yeah, it's almost
0: like little things, like just mentally sort of visualising stuff. So they call them like vision boards. I mean, it all sounds a little Mm. bit airy-fairy. It's actually not. It's really simple. Like writing a list of what it is you actually want, Mm. looking at that list as often as you can, and don't just write it, and then that's something that you did on New Year's Day and forget about it. Like keep sort of coming back to that. Mm. And, you know, slowly it starts to happen and it all starts to pan out. Um, little things they say on there, like printing off a picture of your dream house and sticking it on your fridge, and you know, some of the stuff is, a, you know, is. A-
1: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices.
0: the premise of it I think Mm -hmm. is just brilliant it's just to be positive and just sort of think towards that mental goal constantly and I think the more you you know the more you think they say thoughts are things is what Mm -hmm. they say and I really believe that
1: yeah and curious um I'm curious about whether when you have a goal it seems like you reach a lot of them
0: I mean like like
1: touch wood
0: (laughs) um I think do you know what? I work hard. I'm such a grafter yeah. and I don't like, I'm not blowing my own trumpet with that, but I just think, and that's what I try and show my children that it doesn't happen because you go, okay, this is what I want to do. Where mm. is it all? And I'm trying to have to teach that to my younger siblings and stuff, because I think they're sort of a little bit more millennial <laughs> and they seem to think that this is going to happen and they're going to live this Instagram life tomorrow. Mm. And it's not about that. Like, you know, you're going to get knocked back, but that's all part of the story at the end when you get there. Mm. Um, so for me it's yeah a lot of my goals have worked out but not because I've sort of you know rubbed a crystal ball and and they've appeared in front of me it's because I've put the time in and that's yeah that's kind of always what I want to show my kids Mm. that you have to work to reach what you want don't rely on
1: someone else to bring that to Mm. you you know you're you're your sort of own master really and it's interesting to me because I feel I feel a little bit similar. I I definitely would describe mm. myself as a grafter mm. and a hustler, meaning that I work, I put a roof over my head. Yeah, no one else is responsible no. for me. And but I would I would be a bit funny about saying that in certain company. Yeah, of and course. I think it's funny. I think it's interesting. It's the, you, it's the British thing. I think you <laughs> yeah. just you have to be. I, I remember watching. Was it ages
0: ago? I remember Fern Cotton did a documentary and she followed lots of people's lives. I remember her. Um, being away with Craig David somewhere cuz they're quite good friends. Was it his Miami house? and it was at his Miami house which was just epic. Um but she was saying like why the move to Miami cuz it just seemed very random in like the peak of his mm. career he just got off and up to move to Miami. And he was saying that just the whole vibe about being stateside to being here is just so different in the in the where it's when it comes down to positivity like he remembers he was driving a car that he'd wanted since he was a tiny little boy and he'd bought this car and he'd got to a point where in his career he felt really happy about that and he, it was a convertible, I can't remember what car it was, but he had his roof down and someone said to him as he was driving through London, oh, what a flash, so-and-so and mm. all of this. You can imagine, some yeah. choice words. <laughs> and then he was driving the same car in America and um, someone was like, hey man, nice car. You know? uh. So he's just like, the difference in like, we're sort of, programs to have to keep people grounded by mm. sort of bringing them back down to earth mm-hmm. um which is a which is also one side is amazing about mm-hmm. us but another side you think what's well, he minding his own business driving <laughs> his car that he's worked very hard to have where's the negative in that you yeah, know yeah, yeah so yeah i think it's just kind of it's the British in us.
1: <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> and on the way to goals, I'm very curious about this at the moment, because in my own life, I realise that I've been so goal-oriented that um, I haven't been enjoying the journey. Yeah. Have you ever experienced that? I think that? that's
0: a big thing. I was actually saying that to Marvin, we were saying that last year, that was one of our New Year's resolutions of just, like, live in the moment, because mm. you set yourself little milestones, and if you get to mm. one of them, you're, you're too busy thinking about, well, tomorrow I've got this on because you're working towards the next half of that master. Yeah. Rather than going, yes, we achieved this little bit that we didn't think... You know, that at one time we that mm. was a, a wish and a hope. Yeah. And rather than just living in the moment a little bit more.
1: How do, how do you do it? Have you I just... don't really know. I'm still <laughs> sort of...
0: I'm still... I've not mastered that one yet. But we're trying it. Like the other day we... Well, a couple of couple months ago, our, we had a um, brand new show that we first show that we, our own show together mm. and um, we'd had a really busy week and he said to me, what are we going to do the weekend when the show's on What should we just have a takeaway and our mum and our mum and dad's come over? I was like, do you know what? No, this is exactly what we said that we wasn't going to do, uh, you know, when mm. it comes to life. So I was like, right, okay, let's get all our friends together. <laughs> you know, we we hide a room somewhere and put it on a big screen, and we just got all our friends and we celebrated. We opened a bottle, and we were like, "Okay, let's let's you know let's celebrate mm. this milestone." So we did. But it's so easy to crawl back into that, like, "Oh yeah, yeah. Oh no, it's really good, but I've got to be up so early tomorrow because mm-hmm. life gets in the way." But I think it's just sort of being. I mean, we're always grateful and we always appreciate everything. But I think it's just sort of saying it
1: out loud a, bit, a little bit more. Yeah. I feel like uh, what's come up a lot from listeners as well is there's always a reason not to do something when I've been getting messages of like, I didn't do that because I was saving money for this. So I didn't enjoy that or whatever it might be. Yeah,
0: I think that's everything in life. Mm. (laughs) Like is is, is right now the right time to have another baby because we might need a bigger car or there's not enough room in this house. Or if you think like that, you know, life just wouldn't happen, I think. Mm. You just have to just go with your gut again and just, if you want to do something, go for it.
1: Yeah, this is true. Well, which brings me on to the book, actually, because I I really love the book oh, and I love what the okay. book is about. So it's the mega hair swap. Uh-huh. And again, it's sort of, I wouldn't say it's out sort of left field for you to do it, but equally it's not like oh yeah of course she's gonna when it came yeah. out I was well, like of it, course
0: it was just one of those really natural organic processes we'd and we'd never sat around to when i'm planning my year and figuring out what we're gonna do where writing a book wasn't part of that <laughs> plan um it literally was just a natural thing that i really i called my agent and i was like i've been through this whole journey of my little girl and not loving her hair and long story short is that she loves to read and she was at that age where she's really getting into it now Mm. and school and particularly when I wrote the book um and there was no there what I went to a bookshop I looked on Amazon there was no sort of book that I really felt that did what it needed to and say what it needed to say Mm. that could sort of encourage her to sort of love herself so I called my agent I was like "I'm I'm thinking of writing a kid's book how hard can it be to write a kid's book um you know, a picture book for a youngster. I need, to, I need to meet with a good illustrator. I need to just, I just really want to do this. She was like, all right, okay, I'll set you up. Let me just figure it out and set you up for some meetings. So then a couple of months gone past, we met like a couple of people, went to meet load of different pub- publishers because um, when they heard them, they were interested that I was doing it. And then I found a publisher that I just loved and instantly we sort of had a connection because her little girl said the same thing to her. Right. And we sort of hit it off and i was like okay cancel all the other mates from the diary because at no point <laughs> i know i like this woman it's your she again. gets my gut again um she gets me she gets what this is about mm. this is what we're going to do and then then i met i literally they sent me like all the these amazing illustrators and there was this one girl called Rachel Suzanne who had just just was at college young she's from birmingham and she really got the hair mm. when and I just sort of had, like, this real sort of connection with her. That I was like, okay, this is the girl. Mm. And they were trying to push me to use, like, this one's really established. And I'm like, no, no, no. Well, if I don't give her a book, when's her first book going to mm. be? You know, she's great. Why not? So that was that. And then, yeah, then that's how that happened. And it's now I've got pressure on the publishing team to write another book. And I was like, well, that's something that I felt super passionate about. Mm. So that's why that book. so... Yeah, that's the only thing that happens is that then they go, okay, we need <laughs> another one now because it done well. And I didn't expect it to do it, mm. you know, anywhere near as well as it has done. But I think it's, it's got, I, every day I get a message saying, thank you so much for this book because you've really helped me. And, my, mm. you know, my little, I was really struggling and it's really, it's such a good story. And when it was World Book Day earlier this year, I couldn't believe the amount of messages I was getting of little ones dressing up as May, the main character for my book. I was just, I was so overwhelmed. Um, so yeah, so now I've got to think about another story that I feel equally as, cause I'm, I'm only writing another one if I feel as passionate yeah. about it because I'm not here to become Roald Dahl, you know, yeah. I do. <laughs> it just sort of happened and there was a real sort of place for it and mm. it wasn't, you know, there's a real gap in the market for what I was trying to do. Um, so yeah, it started as sort
1: of a self indulgent thing, but I suppose everything does, doesn't it? Mm. And also, it's it's wanting to be heard as well, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's believing in something and feeling so passionate about it that you like, I this needs I to be so. out there. And also the um,
0: the stats when I was I stumbled across this piece that I think The Guardian ran when I was writing the book about you know how little um, bang characters there are in children's publishing. Mm. And the lack of diversity, and I think it was something like, I think in across schools, I think f- almost forty percent of young children in school were of a BAME background, and one percent of children's publishing featured a lead BAME character. It's crazy. Like it's honestly, it's like the Dark Ages again. And I think then even naught point naught whatever it was <laughs> was a female BAME character. Mm. Gosh. I know it's honestly it's it's it's, cra- it's crazy to even think that's a thing to be honest you know we're in 2019 it's, it's unbelievable but in children's publishing it really really is behind mm. um, so then obviously that gave me even more of a drive so I think just you know how, we, we need to you can't encourage children to read and write if mm. you're not sort of you know they can only be what they can see you know and I think that if you want to catch their attention every child should be able to recognize themselves in a book mm-hmm. and that's that is not is not really up for discussion that's fact mm. so yeah that's my aim so that's sort of then become my aim for book two just to, you know and not just race from a disability point of view from a mm-hmm. sexuality point of view I think you know children should be able to sort of express themselves in that.
1: it is that thing of uh being able to look to the media whatever that media might yeah. be and see yourself reflected mm. back.
0: Well, I think it resonates with you, doesn't it? And mm. that happens at such a young age. You can see that. And, you know, the messages that I get from little ones are so excited because they think that is them in the book, mm. you know, which is crazy. But, you know, yourself, you only, if you follow people on Instagram that you think, oh, I quite like doing what they're doing or whatever mm. it might be, because, you know, you can recognise yourself or you can recognise your passion or you can, you know, it, you relate to it. Mm. So you can't expect children to sort of, be engaged if they can't see themselves
1: no very very true well I'm very intrigued to see what the um what the next one will me be too. <laughs> <laughs>
0: me too If you got any ideas send them my way
1: <laughs> but it is the thing but it is that thing about it has to be true to you and that mm-hmm. seems to be another core of whatever the work might be whether it's writing your book whether it's tv presenting like you don't you don't align yourself with something that no. is incongruous.
0: And I think I've been, through, I've been younger and I've been through that stage and I, um, where you might, maybe I've endorsed something that I wasn't really sure about. But now it's very much like, well, since the past, I suppose, five years or so, like you just get to a stage where you know yourself more than anybody else. Mm. And I think before that comes back to what I was saying earlier, you kind of take everyone else's opinion on who you are. <laughs> Rather than just going, actually, no, this is what I believe in, and I think for me, it's really just when it comes to working with a brand or when it comes to hosting something, that anyone that I partner with or anyone that I'm aligned with, I make sure that it's it's totally me and it's exactly what I'm proud of, mm. and I can talk about it confidently because it, you know, I'm passionate about mm-hmm. it.
1: Yeah. Well, we are talking yeah. about the with we're, we're talking about the big hair spot. Let's talk about hair. Yes. Because you are an ambassador for John Frieda. Yeah,
0: I am, I am. Which is kind of like one of those surreal moments because John Frieda Frizzies was the first product that I ever owned. It was was kind it of the really? only product on the market, to be honest with you, when I was young and my hair was curly. And and then then fast forward, when I started blow-drying my hair, the serum is what I would use on my hair for mm. blow-drying. And it was kind of one of those when um, my agent called me and was like, so John Frieda you know, maybe we might work together. How do you feel about that? I was like, what? (laughs) So yeah, it's kind of one of those real, weird kind of like full circle Mm. things where you're like, well, it's actually crazy that it's kind of got to that point, which is, you know, amazing. And it's great for my kids to see. Mm. And I think that, yeah, it was a really like, oh my goodness, I can't believe they want me to do that sort
1: of phone call Mm. to receive in a bit of a pinch me moment. But so happy to be working with them. I remember back in my early days of beauty journalism, frizzies doesn't suit my hair. My hair mm-hmm, is just mm-hmm, very mm. fine and flat. But um, when I first started writing beauty and you'd ask people what their Holy Grail products were, like I used to do a page, would be like, what's what's in your makeup bag? Yeah. And people would say frizzies, frizzies, frizzies. Yeah, like a little cult oh, product, the A hero product. Because it really was so ahead of its time in terms so of... So
0: ahead. Yeah. Well, now that you can get a bunch of serums but at that point Mm. no one was doing serums Mm. they were the as you say the holy grail um yeah it's just kind of nice to be working with a brand that you feel so passionate about and I there's a product of theirs that is the um the dream curl curl cream and that's Mm. kind of like my hero that's my like I use it every day I can't live without it product
1: really Mm, every day There are, it's the, is it the product that if you were told, Rochelle, pack your bags, but we're going away for the night, Uh you'd be like, fine, but I do need that. Yeah,
0: (laughs) and I think even my hubby would know. If he had to say, like, pack a toiletry bag for me in a rush, he'd know.
1: Oh. Yeah. That is interesting. And I guess as well, like, natural hair and the movement towards, as we've talked about, inclusivity Uh and seeing yourself stare back. Mm -hmm. It's really, really important, right? Totally. I think that even crazy things of like,
0: um, someone said to me the other day, I love it, what you're doing with all this hair stuff and I don't really feel like I'm doing anything with mm. hair apart from just wearing my natural hair, you know. <laughs> um, and yeah, someone said to me, I love just, it's so refreshing to see a, a, you know, a curly-haired woman on, t- on television, mm. which is crazy to even think that. But I suppose you get used to, I don't know, there's something that comes with having curly hair that sometimes you feel less professional Or I kind of did, like, I did this whole um, item on it for this morning. And um, I went and interviewed, like, lots of different people and women. And um, I interviewed the beauty editor for Cosmopolitan magazine. And, um, yes, that's right. Yeah, she was fab. She was really fab. I love her. Um, And she was, they did, like, a survey. And I think they were saying that women feel less professional. And I think women may be going into a big board meeting... And all everyone does is say, "Oh my God, your hair's is amazing! Can I touch your hair?" Because it's curly and it's different. They feel like they just don't want to be noticed. And I think you associate having big curly hair with someone that's bubbly and mm-hmm. someone that's really, you know outgoing. And sometimes people just don't want to stand out.
1: Mm. And
0: so that was funny. She there was just loads of different comments from different people, and it was quite funny to hear you know, everyone's sort of different journey behind it. But that seemed to be a lot of it that I just want to blend in. I don't really want people to just sort of comment on it. I just want to, you know, get stuck
1: into my work. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. See, I'm a straight hair girl who has just been trying to curl it for years and now it's the technology's there. The so I can. I yeah. haven't today.
0: It's always the way though. The grass is always greener, yeah.
1: apparently. <laughs> Did you spend a lot of time trying to straighten your hair or oh, yeah. trying to...
0: I chemically relaxed it. I've done everything to my hair you know, pre, prior to now. Mm. But, you know, I think I've, re- I've just, it's just part of, again, part of growing up and what's natural to you, you'll find will always look the best on you. Yeah. Which is funny, isn't it? You think, you know, oh, I'm going to spend my years doing this and straightening my hair. And now I actually have my hair blow dried at the weekend. Um, and I went out with my brothers and sisters and they were like, oh, I don't like your hair. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? And they're all sat there with, straight hair I'm like really like this is how I used to be all the time oh it just doesn't suit you I'm like I was rocking this hair for years and no one felt to tell me that it (laughs) doesn't suit me but I think you just get used to don't you You get used to a person I think you know especially now my kids they see me with curly hair and that's it yeah
1: and it's acceptance as well it's like a bigger picture isn't it like yeah accepting whether it's your body type or your body shape or whatever it might be and as soon as you're comfortable with anything everyone
0: else is comfortable with it that's Ooh, what you need yeah. to remember. Like, as soon as you're like, this is the way I'm happy and I'm going to own it. And you walk around with confidence in that bikini or you, you know, whatever it might be. Mm. People are like, yeah, feel sort of confident because you are. It's weird. You can You can kind of sort of spread that vibe, I think.
1: And I think that's really interesting coming from you because, um, listeners, when you work in TV, mm-hmm. there'll be a call sheet. And, Rochelle, your name is probably a lot of the time at the top of the call sheet. Mm-hmm. And in my experience of working on shoots or TV, it's the person whose name is at the top of the call sheet that sets the tone. Yeah. So it's very interesting for the whole day, for the whole crew.
0: Oh, do you think so? That's interesting yeah. to know that. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So I think it's very interesting that you say that if I'm confident then everyone else will be confident because that's what I'm projecting. Yeah. I wonder if you bring that to your work.
0: Probably, maybe without knowing. Mm. Um Yeah, I just think if you if you believe in yourself, I think whatever it might be, if you're, you know, it, if I was trying to tell you something that I probably wasn't that confident about, but I could really deliver it in a way that I felt it, and you would feel safe in knowing what I've said yeah. is it's valid. You mm-hmm. know, I think I think I just think if you're confident, I think that shines yeah even like you look at things like I mean forgive me because how I'm spending most of my evenings but watching Love Island um, I'm with you Rochelle uh, it's very sad you. I mean I hate to admit it but it's just so good I can't not watch it <laughs> um but even like when Maura came in and she was so confident mm. but that almost that is what I mean sometimes she, she overdid it a bit first of all I will say but I think that is, and I think that's what guy get also men. Mm. I think a confident woman's really like sometimes it can really sort of intimidate them, or just they just find it really sexy just because mm. you're like, you're secure in yourself. You don't need
1: reassuring, and, and we all do sometimes. But I mm. think that's really appealing. I have a WhatsApp group for Love Island. And when Amy... We took it there. we <laughs> several. When, um, uh, when Amy asked Curtis for constructive criticism... Oh, my gosh.
0: I was so <laughs> upset with that. I was literally so frustrated. It was just like, oh. And, and bless her. like She was saying this is her first relationship and she's mm. doing it on telly, which is just yeah. killer. But I'm like, where were the girls? Was no, did no one tell her this was like, you know she's almost giving someone a manual of how not to play it.
1: Mm, like yes. this,
0: you know, it's like, you don't do this. You don't do, because she, it's just like, she just had no game with it. And I felt devastated for her because she was, she's clearly heartbroken over the whole mm. thing. But I'm like, Oh gosh, I just need to be in there and just give you a pet talk and say, yeah, like, just stop talking to him for a bit. Give him space. Go away. Be confident. You know, do your own thing. Enjoy yourself in there. And trust me, he'll be straight over to you in, a day. Like she could have played it so differently.
1: And realised that his opinion
0: it doesn't, doesn't make you better no, or worse. No. Oh, Listeners, yeah. this is
1: somebody who got rejected in a love reality show and then asked the rejecter for constructive feedback on what she could have done differently. It was just a terror and, and, and But it's so mean. And he also wasn't gonna...
0: constructive either. He just sort of told her that he couldn't see himself marrying her, having children with her.
1: The thing he said to her which broke my heart and made me realise uh, Amy was me previously in hmm. uh, like my 20s hmm. was when he said, you do need a lot of reassurance, which is why yeah. I mentioned it because um, you talk about if you're confident, mm. if you're in the room and you're going, yeah, no, everything's fine and you're, maybe you're faking it till you're making it, but you're still sort of projecting but sometimes, that. you know, you fake it till you make it, you believe that yourself after a while and exactly. then you feel better.
0: I think that you know everyone. Don't get me wrong; everyone needs reassurance. Mm. I think it's just knowing where to get that from, mm-hmm. and in what environment that it's okay to, <laughs> you know. I think yeah, you know, and it's, it's knowing who you can trust for that reassurance. Yeah, but it's not the guy that you're
1: dating. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good it's a it's a good example of the confidence and like actually, would you say you can reassure yourself? Like, do you have a self soothing mechanism? If say you have, yeah, I can now. Okay, yeah.
0: And it's more just like, come on, Michelle, you've been in tough situations than this. Just get a grip. You can do it. Like these mental sort of arguments I have with myself right. sometimes. Or just, you know, you've got two children. What would they think right now if you was worrying about this? And I sort of like sort of just tell myself that a little
1: bit. That's really interesting. Nice it too. doesn't
0: mean I get nervous because I do. Yeah. But I just think you should always do something that makes you feel a bit nervous. Always fear where the yeah, real stuff happens. Yeah, I think so. Because then you can look back and go, oh my goodness, I was so nervous, but I'm so happy with
1: myself that I did that. Mm.
0: And sort of give yourself your own little pat on the back.
1: Yeah, little markers.
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: I remember working uh, on live TV and someone mm-hmm. saying to me after a little while, do you still get nervous just before you go on? And I said, oh God, yeah. And she said, the day I worry is when people say they're not nervous anymore. Exactly
0: that. Like, I think I, I definitely still get nervous. Mm. I think if you don't, then maybe the passion for it's gone a bit.
1: Is it partly because you're sort of thinking, if something does go wrong,
0: I yeah. wonder what I'll do? Yeah, <laughs> it all, I, you know, I really like this job. I want to carry on doing this. Let's not mess it up too much. you know. <laughs> but yeah, you definitely, I mean, you'd be lying if you didn't. Mm. I mean, different levels of nerves, not like, oh my God, I'm going to throw up. I'm
1: yeah, so yeah. nervous for this. But just like, huh, that little sort of adrenaline buzz. But every now and again, do you think it's good to, metaphorically speaking, do a parachute jump? And throw yourself into that oh, thing that might... I didn't might... see
0: that. I'm not sure how I feel. But yes, exactly that. Do the parachute jump. I'm not sure if I'm going to jump out of a plane. Or just the but...
1: big thing, whether it's telling someone that you fancied for ages that you fancied yeah. them or doing something Definitely,
0: that... definitely. That's so healthy. And you're only here once, mm. you know? So just, you like, you know, why not? What if? What is the worst that can happen? That's what I always tell myself. Mm. In this situation, what is the worst that can happen? And is if it's a bad thing or the news that you don't want to live with, you don't want to be with someone anymore, whatever it might be, is a weight going to be lifted from my shoulders? Am I going to feel better after Mm. knowing I'm not in this situation or, you know, whatever it might be? It
1: always it always ends up for the better, I think. I agree you're lovely to hang out with oh
0: god about
1: that. What, what a beam of sunshine mm. thank you so much um i've really enjoyed that thank
0: you it's it was very nice, nice. <laughs> very nice
1: chat obviously listeners all of the links to everything that we have discussed will be in the show mm-hmm. notes but for now rochelle thank you thank you very much for having me before you go I just wanted to say a huge thank you for taking the time to listen to that episode I really hope you enjoyed the conversation with Rochelle and I if you want to get in touch with me please do email me at thebeautypodcast@gmail.com at gmail.com or slide into my dms on twitter and instagram where I am at emmaguns and if you feel so inclined and want to chat to me and thousands of other listeners to the podcast then why not join the closed Facebook group? All you have to do is click the link in the show notes, which can be found wherever it is that you are streaming and downloading this episode. Thank you once again for your time. I really do appreciate it. And I cannot wait to see you on the next one.